Hey guys, welcome to the No Fly List, where we talk about being brown in America. I'm Athir. And I'm Layla. And today we have our friend and guest who is a mental health specialist. Please help me welcome Ahmad Hussain. Hi. Hi. <laughs> this is a very special episode because it's like we're giving all of our listeners like $200 of free therapy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wish I can get that much in my pocket. <laughs> hey, guys, if you if join get, our Patreon. Yeah, if you join our Patreon, please know. You probably won't get free therapy, but it'll, get, it'll listen, help us. They've got like T-minus however long this episode is going to be. That's true. Of oh, free that's therapy. That's worth it. That's Tends to be a little bit longer than an hour. So <laughs> they're really getting more than the average therapy session. Oh, mm. hey, do we have a uh, no fly list, no fly list person? We do. Okay. Remember? So tell oh us God. the segment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. That's a good one. Let so we have a segment mm-hmm. called the No Fly List, No Fly List. Mm-hmm. So as you know, the no, the American No Fly List is a list of people that can't travel because they're seen as to be threats to you know national security. Um, so we've created a no an actual No Fly List. That's people that are actually like doing things to threaten other people mm-hmm. or like ruin the world in some way. <laughs> Um, and it varies, you know, from the very obvious people to people that are, like, making the world a worse place on a really small scale. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the ones we've got today, which is Hillary Duff. <laughs> oh, yeah. You sent me a message about her. And I, I was abroad, so I couldn't see the, the the internet was really bad. So tell tell us what she did. So you know who Hillary Duff yeah. is, right? Mm-hmm. So we all know who Hillary Duff is, a.k.a. Lizzie McGuire. She, there, there have been a lot of fires in in Malibu and LA like mm-hmm. the past few weeks. So people, celebrities have been like, Post- quote unquote, displaced, <laughs> like kicked out of their homes, kicked out of their so, mansions. Yeah, she yeah. did like a photo, like a not a tweet, an Instagram, like in solidarity with displaced people oh of Malibu, God. and she was wearing a halter top that was made out of a hatta. It was the weirdest <gasps> oh my God. thing. Oh, wow. Like. I wow. feel like, listen, if she had been wearing that just normally, yeah. I would have been like, that's kind of annoying, but fine. But yeah. the fact that she was wearing it. Was it the talking, Palestinian or Jordanian? No, was no, the Palestinian The keffiyeh uh, for no, the. No, not the keffiyeh. The keffiyeh is the more generic one. I'll show you. Let me show you a picture. What's the difference? The it's difference, the same thing. No, right? it's the pattern. Hatta. Oh, oh, I know what you're saying. Like that there's one that's. um. Like the black and like, white one. Yeah. yeah. And then there's the other one that's more in like black and white black. track. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that one, the keffiyeh is more generic and like yeah. everybody has it. Like Iraqis have it. Mm-hmm. Americans have mm-hmm. it. I don't know where it originated. I'm sure it didn't originate there, but like everybody wears it. Mm-hmm. But no, like the Hatta is only we'll have to Palestine. Post it. Yeah, we will have to. We'll have to post like a compare and contrast thing. That's really annoying. But. Though. Anyway, so it's just ironic because she was talking about displaced people. Also. I wonder, you think she did it intentionally? No. Oh, yeah. I just No, of course not. But yeah. that's the point. That's the problem. It's even worse. Well, it's even, yeah, because if she was, like, making the connection, I mean, I don't know if it's better or worse if she was, like, displaced people, Palestinians, but I, I think it's even worse that she didn't know. Yeah. Like, this is kafia. Yeah. I just and that's kafia. use kafia for white people <laughs> to no, understand no. what a hatta is. Yeah. That's just... Anyway, but, but well, I also just think it's annoying, like when people wear, 
like also change the way like how it's meant to be worn it's not yeah. oh yeah it's basically like, like hum- yeah. that should exactly. be another like, thing you know. with hummus like the yeah. rainbow like yeah. weird like zara and urban outfitters and yellow and purple whatever i don't mind the colors of kafia because the kafia is kind of like whatever i would mind it with a hatta because it is more symbolic mm. of one thing the problem mm. with the kafia is that everybody like sold american mm-hmm. soldiers wear it like it kind of has been so genericized that it's like it's too far gone. It's too far removed from yeah. like what you think. Mm. Um, I don't know. It still bothers me. <laughs> it's yeah. still a yeah, cultural still, appropriation. When they make clothes out, of, like Scotch and Soda had a romper made out of one too, Ugh. which is weird. It's just weird. Like it's weird. I don't know. It's just like a if regular you're gonna, scarf. Yeah. I'd be like, okay. I know. I ha- guess. I'd be like, it still okay. bothers me. Yeah, it's weird. Um, that said, I just designed some vans with a kafia. Did you really? Yeah. I'm about oh to my order god. Them. <laughs> How did you do that? Uh, you can customize it online. If anyone does that, I will kill you and criticize you. No. <laughs> um, what? Only you will me. kill them and then criticize them? Yeah, I'll kill them. <laughs> just because I, then I don't want to hurt your feelings, you know? Yeah. I like, I, okay. I don't mind killing you. I just don't. No, I just don't want people wearing the same thing as me. But <laughs> um, instead of the checkered, where the checkered pattern goes, I'll mm. do like the hot the pattern. Mm-hmm. Um but in any case, uh, I'm Palestinian. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can get away with it more than Hillary yeah. Hillary Duff. Yeah. Yes. It's just weird. Isn't it weird? Like, listen, I might be fixating on it, but I was just like, that's so strange. It's just strange to me that she would be drawn to this top in a store. She probably was just like, oh, cool pattern. It's almost like houndstooth, but not. That's what I think people think. Yeah. I, I don't know. It could also be just like this random thing she had in the closet as she's being displaced. She just <laughs> <laughs> she just grabbed, grabbed it said, and like maybe I don't know. As I don't, a newly yeah, but celebs I'm just drawn to this this pattern. Yeah. They think out everything, every post, every whatever. It's true. Like, I don't know. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. Anyway, so mental health. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of displaced people and people who make bad choices, you are also Palestinian. Yes. Uh, we actually, fun fact, uh, grew up near each other in Palestine, but didn't know one another. <laughs> and then we met one That's time. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, we met one time in Palestine, and then we reunited in New York because yeah. we had a mutual friend. Mm-hmm. What? Who's the mutual friend? Um, you wouldn't know her. She just, yeah. okay. uh, we went to. Maybe middle- I would. <laughs> Andad. Do you know her? No. Okay. <laughs> Shout out Andad. <laughs> we went to, uh, Andad and I went to middle school in Palestine together. This all girls school fun and then uh we she was doing her postdoc in connecticut and i was i moved here for grad school and then we met Mm ahmad and we connected yeah um we've been best friends ever since i know (laughs) it's been nice um so i know you recently uh started working a new job you were working previously as a social worker right well i was working um for the last few years i've been working as a family therapist Mm -hmm. and um, after that i um started working as a clinical supervisor so i'm a mental health counselor oh cool and you people tend to distinguish between social sorry no no because i know i thought previously you had gotten like a social work um license or something Mm -hmm. i don't know you study psychology mental health counseling <laughs> say that again <laughs> clearly Ment- mental health mental counseling? health counseling yeah. so me. i no, really like was in psychology they tend to I'm do saying. the no? same thing my undergrad was in psychology okay but they tend to be the same thing but like social workers are very iffy about like mental health counselors ah. so there's this all this whole thing that's i get very, it there's like, a difference yeah. between like nutritionist dietitian yeah really? yeah oh i didn't know that oh yeah what's the difference oh yeah well now legally they changed it so that you can't call yourself a nutritionist but it used to be like 
like any like you know yogi can just be like yeah i'm a nutritionist now but now legally like you have to be a registered dietitian in order to call yourself a nutritionist it got too confusing for people so they just like took away that label and they're like you can only be a registered dietitian slash nutritionist so you can call yourself any of those that makes sense um and before you worked with uh um didn't you work for an arab organization Mm -hmm. like doing mental health Mm -hmm. how was that i can imagine that might be challenging with so I, um, that was actually my first job out of grad school is actually working for an, like an Arab uh, organization working with um, sexual violence, um, women that experience sexual violence and domestic violence. And so it was like a... Specifically Arabs? Mm-hmm. Oh, so wow. there, were, there was mostly the population was people from Yemen, some people from Palestine, um, some people from Jordan. So I was doing that for a, so that so I was doing that for a while. <laughs> yeah, so I was doing that for a while, um, and then I worked in a substance use program, um, and I was like the Arab speaking Arabic speaking counselor there. Did, oh, so you you counseled people in Arabic? Mm-hmm. Oh wow, mm-hmm. that must be kind of challenging though. It is. It's easier if they also like speak english so they can speak in arabic sometimes and i can just respond in english it works you know did you find that people had i'm surprised like that people came forward because it's so stigmatized in our culture in many cultures getting um mental health counseling but specifically i think the way we grew up it's not something you do oh i was just having this conversation with people it's like people think that you have to be quote unquote crazy to get help or Or they think if you get help that means you're crazy yes 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 that's true did you come across that like how did people come to you yeah definitely i mean there's working in the field for as long as i've been doing it you really see like there's such a hunger for it there's such a need for it and Mm -hmm. there's so much confusion about like how to access it and also to and then also encouraging people to access it before like a crisis happens you know like kind of like preventive you know like it you know it's normal everyone goes through some hard times everyone you know is adjusting to certain life stressors or circumstances and um you know they tend you know our culture the arab culture just like many other cultures tends to stigmatize mental health um, Why do you think that is? I think it's just, it's it's kind of a foreign, I guess, concept. It, it's, you know, culturally we tend to, or encourage that if you pray and if you believe in God and mm-hmm. if you seek, you know, the spiritual energy, then you are fine. You're, and, then, and so they see it as a weakness when you're going through mm-hmm. depression or you're going through some kind of, you know so it's like you should anxiety. lean on your faith right in lieu of getting mental health where the the religion itself doesn't say that but culturally mm-hmm. that's how it's been adapted and interpreted mm-hmm. i think yeah like uh, you just rely you know like you right. just uh, rely on your faith and god will will work it out but um yeah sadly it's the people that need it the most are the ones that don't end up getting the help yeah and i think it also has to do with the way our the culture has been changing like people were much more um community focused um you know where they can actually lean on each other but as you know the years have gone by you know these communities have become more isolated Mm -hmm. so people are more isolated in their problems whether it's like financial or family or you know um, so I think that's also why like mental a way that mental health can also be a support just as 
you know, and it's community mental health. It doesn't necessarily, I guess my view is that it's not enough to sit with someone and have therapy one-on-one. You know, there really definitely needs to be like a community intervention. Our to kind culture of, highly needs therapy. Yeah. <laughs> to normalize it, you know, yes. to normalize talking to people. And then people that really need it are not going to necessarily go to a therapist yeah. um, to get therapy. So it's like, how do you get creative and finding ways? How, do you do community outreach? Um, I, I've done that in the past. Yeah, I've definitely done that in the past. And it's interesting. Um, like one thing that my old job used to do, um, where we worked with, um, Arab women that have experienced domestic violence is a way of psychoeducation is like these women were there to learn English. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they adapted the curriculum so that it can talk about like, um, like psychoeducation about domestic violence like what does that look like like the cycle of violence so they're learning english through also like understanding what domestic violence is that's so smart mm-hmm. and sneaky <laughs> <laughs> because it also facilitates then this natural conversation rather than hey you're the victim this is how we're gonna deal and yeah maybe it, i don't know i wonder if it's also this case of people who um have fled like countries where there were violence and and they came here for asylum or they came as refugees and i wonder if it's also that comparison of like well i'm in such a better place right now than people in my country like it feels almost like uh and like indulgent or like in ungrateful to Mm want to seek like mental health maybe they don't make that connection consciously but i wonder like sometimes Mm -hmm. when i'm like feeling depressed and now i'm like oh my god if they're like people in Gaza who are like getting bombed look in syria look at yemen and it just becomes like i know it doesn't take away from what i'm feeling and it's it's just hard to reconcile that sometimes it's also, yeah. though, I feel like the culture, a lot of cultures are built around shame. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the goal is to have the few, the fewest amount of things to be shameful for, the, the fewest amount of flaws, maybe. Mm. And this is like, like mental health is a big one, right? Because it's so misunderstood and we don't know, like, you know, you don't know if, or at least I don't know, like when I feel like anxious or something or when I feel worried about something, or if I see some, like if I see a shadow in the corner of my, I do have a split second where I'm like, oh my God, I'm hallucinating. I'm mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. I need to go like into a mental institution forever. <laughs> I don't know if everybody you has You just jump to moments. the worst case scenario. Yeah, exactly. Like, like a hundred percent. And it's also like, um, one of the other things you said, oh my God, that I wanted to say something about, but I forgot. Oh, about... Feel the the feeling of like well somebody is worse than me yeah therefore I shouldn't feel bad well first of all that's always going to be true even the person yeah. getting the reason I thought of this is because um all the uh a lot of stuff is happening in Gaza right now and people on Twitter like some girl tweeted uh I'm was supposed to go to school today and instead I have to be in a bomb shelter and a guy also in Gaza so like. Uh, quote tweeted her and said at least you have a bomb shelter like yeah. be grateful for what you have oh my god but that's like, you shouldn't say that to somebody it's like the suffering like, olympics sorry. yeah like like it i was just like i was kind of like dude that's uncool mm. like you shouldn't oh my god especially coming from there they're both in a pretty shitty situation like ha- if, if i go to a friend of mine who's also like anxious or depressed and i say man i'm really anxious today 
And they're like, yeah, at least you're only anxious. I would be like, what the heck? Like, yeah, it's being dismissive of, right. of their issues. Yeah. Have, have you found that, um, or I guess what kind of population have you worked with mostly? Like, I know you mentioned the countries mm-hmm. that they come with, but any, or come from, but any specific um, set of problems or themes that you've seen emerge from working with them? Yeah, I mean, populations I've worked, you know, with Middle Eastern, Arabs, um, I've worked predominantly with like low income people of color, predominantly people that identify as being black or African American. Um, I think the main themes is there's a lot of depression. There's a lot of trauma. There's a lot of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that one thing is that sometimes people tend to internalize it like, oh, it's this has happened to me and it's it's life and it's it's you know they think it's very or it's their fault but really it's always you know we don't live in seclusion from the macro you know and so it's you know it makes sense that people feel depressed it makes sense that you know you walk down the street and you experience vicarious trauma like this world is really really you know depressing what do you mean (laughs) can you explain that a little more vicarious trauma uh i mean like when you see someone like you know uh, on the street laying down you know it's it's like below you know yeah. 20 degrees you know and they're just sitting there in the cold and they're just sleeping and like that's five years do you, do you think that i mean in new york especially people are apathetic do you think it's because people just is apathy a coping mechanism or are people in new york just assholes no i, I mean i do it too because i can't think about it i'm no. like if oh, i just stop I, and think about this poor person like freezing right now i want to like i don't know what to do it's so such yeah. an overwhelming problem. i can't deal with it at all like mm-hmm. i mean i don't is it denial or apathy maybe? I don't, I don't have denial or apathy. I have like t- like entire days where I'll just have a hypothetical situation. Like, man, there might be an old person. I'm really like weird oh. about old people. Like old yeah. people make me so sad. Me too. But I'm like, there might be an old person who doesn't have a family to come cook them dinner. And then I'm like, I can't do anything that day because I get so sad. Like I almost feel like, did you guys watch Charmed? Yeah. So Phoebe and Charmed mm-hmm. had the power of empathy. Like, that was one of her superpowers, which is, like, the that. worst superpower. That is just so I don't remember yeah. That's how horrible. Yeah. Well, it came late. It came in the later seasons, guys. But well, anyway, okay. and I feel like anytime this happens to me, I'm like, oh, my God, I need to stop. Like, a really good example is that I worked with somebody who is, like, absolutely intolerable of a human being, like, truly awful <laughs> in every possible way. And after I ended, like, after I no longer had to work with her, I felt so guilty about how much I disliked working with her and about how terrible she was, like how interesting, how annoying she was that I I would like go to my dad, who is like a very like mental health denying like, <laughs> man. He's a very and stoic would, person. Exactly. And I would be like, I can't go about my day because I'm so sad <sighs> for this woman because her personality sucks so much. And he would be like, what is wrong with you? Oh like, that's not a normal feeling. And I would be like, I think it is. Maybe not this extreme, but mm-hmm. anyway, my point is, I don't, I do not. Well, know you how were to able cope. to put yourself in her shoes, and that's empathy. So I think some, sometimes empathy is a curse. Yeah, but I think it's also, you know, it's it's empathy is just also like I I think it's a gift that you just learn how to also use. Yeah. Right. Like it can't paralyze you. It's not going to yeah. do any good for anybody. You know. It's just, you know, sometimes like yeah, the, and that's why I mean like. There's always going to be something in life, you know, in life, more unpleasant things are going to happen than probably pleasant things. And so it's like, how do you cope with that? How do you continue 
to function and live healthy and not just like going through like I know when I go through you know when years ago when I go through depression it was um it was really hard because like it would go through months at a time and my life was on hold Mm-hmm. for for like months you know just going through depression and it's just like now it's like how do you when you see yourself going down experiencing that like what coping mechanisms do you have in place to try and at least take care of yourself and function and try to you know continue on with your life or your life is not on hold every few months can you like talk about some of yeah those do things? you have any yeah. tips and examples <laughs> yeah. what, what are these coping uh, mechanisms what are these, yeah, what's, to which yeah. you refer well i mean i think first of all is is really getting to know yourself you know and sometimes it's helpful you know if you can't you know i won't be realistic not everyone can afford to go to therapy either you know and so if you can't afford therapies listen well, to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah listen to this podcast and and think of like who in your life is someone that you trust that you can you know that can be a support you know or maybe coming up with a community of support people like Facebook groups are amazing in that way also, you know? And so I'm just thinking of ways like that, you know, not everyone can afford the $45 copay with your insurance or, And that's still good compared to a lot of insurance plans in New York. Yeah. I mean, there are places, uh, maybe we we could like post about affordable therapy because, Mm -hmm. you know, you've worked with people like Mm -hmm. on sliding scale and Mm -hmm. and there are like affordable um, options for people. It could be like a a therapist in training right it doesn't necessarily have to be like a licensed therapist or something that could get it's better than not having you know yeah. any kind of um yeah. support system but yeah. yeah um do you think that detachment is there a he- healthy amount of detachment do you think that's something like detaching from a problem in a sense like because mm-hmm. that's the kind of my coping mechanism mm-hmm. really? with certain things yeah mm-hmm. or compartmentalizing things but that almost like i don't know how to explain it mm-hmm. i feel like it kind of like I don't know. Maybe not think about it. I don't know if that's helpful. Maybe that's just denial instead of being detached. Mm. Or maybe not being so attached to this idea of being upset. Do you ever find, like, I don't know if you guys know, but, like, some people who their whole identity is being this anxious, depressed person, and they wrap their whole identity around that. Mm -hmm. And then they can't picture themselves in any other way. Um, I... Do you come across that in, like, therapy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think to answer, like, you know, your question, I think being able to compartmentalize things in life is actually a strength, you know, and it's something that you learn how to do. But it just because you're compartmentalizing it doesn't mean you just put it on, on the a shelf, shelf and forget, and about, forget it. about it. Like, Oops. Because <laughs> that's what I've been doing. Because these are things that in life will continue to interfere and come with, up yeah and come up and it's not really over and part of it is like really working on yourself so that you're you're good to yourself and you're also a better person to the people that you love around you yeah. you know because with our closest people we tend to take out you know so, we tend to take out certain things you know out on them you know um and so that's you know i think it's good to compartmentalize it and i and i think that it's also you're on point with detaching you know like we're constantly changing as people you know and I think that it's important to not be to be aware when you are attached to a certain idea about yourself and knowing that you know you're you're growing and you're changing and you can rewrite your story yeah that's really powerful I think Mm -hmm. like yeah if you're just so wrapped up in being that say you've been depressed like 20 30 years that's all you know that's Mm -hmm. the only way in which you've ever viewed yourself 
um, instead of being like, you know, I am feeling this way. Sometimes um, I think the thought process can be, I am depressed. I am anxious instead of, it's kind of like being, uh, it's like identifying with as your disease instead of having a, mm-hmm. a disease. Like mm-hmm. you would never say, you, you wouldn't do that with something else, I feel yeah. like. Um, yeah, and a friend once told me it's like emotions are like, you know, visitors. And it's just, you know, you just welcome them. You know, it's I was like, gonna oh. say you have none. <laughs> just me. No, kidding. I'm so popular. No. <laughs> but it's it's also just saying, okay, they're here. You know, and most of the time, it's something you know, a lesson or something that they're guiding you towards, or just telling you, hey, like something's not working in your life. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be like this this big scary enemy. And the more you resist it, the yeah. you know, the harder it gets. It's just re- recognizing that they're here. Yeah. You know, welcome them. And then recognize that they're going to also go away. It's just the nature of, right. it's like the law of nature. Nothing stays the same. It's, it's you know? so positive. Yeah. So, <laughs> Like what a healthy and foreign way of thinking. What? I know. Definitely not how we've been uh, raised. <laughs> um, something I've been trying to practice is, uh, you know, what you're saying, like what you resist persists. I didn't make that up. That's a saying or something, but um, (laughs) clever. Yeah. So what I've been trying to practice and read more about is the idea of radical acceptance. You guys know what this is. So I found that so helpful because, okay, you can't change your circumstance. All you, and the more you try to be like, oh, I wish things weren't like this. I wish I had this other job or I wish I had blah, blah, blah. Like it just, it, it causes pain because that resistance to the problem is what's creating that anxiety. But if, or not, it might not be mm-hmm. a problem, just a life circumstance. But if you go, okay, right now, this is what it is. Maybe I don't like my job and I'm having trouble, you know, my family life and blah, blah, blah. This is what it is. And just not denying that and letting it be, I find it like really useful and like mm-hmm. therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Even just not doing anything, just mm-hmm. accepting mm-hmm. that's how it is. Or like, God forbid, like in the case of a death or a loss or whatever, that feeling of like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening or I can't believe this is happening to me. Doesn't, I feel like that creates more like anxiety and tension and mm-hmm. depression. But I don't know what your thoughts mm-hmm. are about that. No, I think you're completely on point. And it, it, it reminds me of like mindfulness, right? Just being present in the moment, you know, because this is, this is all we know for sure right now, you know, and it's also a way of controlling your thoughts because our thoughts tend to either go backwards or forward, you know, and so and then it's, it's keeping them in the present and the here and now. And I think that's powerful. And it's, mm-hmm. and at the same time, it can be really scary, right because that's what we do we also distract ourselves because being in the present means sitting with our feelings and not everyone it's not easy for everybody to do that and not at long periods of time but I I think that's a great way of also you know thinking about it yeah yeah as we say this, Layla's on her phone. <laughs> I'm asking my friends for mental health questions. Oh, excuse to enrich me. Our podcast Can we talk experience. about Layla's rage, her misplaced anger? <laughs> it's not misplaced. It's placed properly. Are no, you it's, placing it's it on me? Placed, oh. a, it's placed appropriately, yeah. but it's proportionally not appropriate. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, well, maybe we could... Uh, oh, yeah, we, we should answer some questions. But I wanted to ask... Um, okay, sorry, I interrupted. We were talking. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Speaking of mindfulness, mm-hmm. I am a big proponent of meditation. Yeah. I know we talked about this on another episode about meditation in general, but from a mental health counselor point of view, um, and I know you've done like a mm-hmm. the 
vipassana what yeah is it vipassana meditation yeah can you i yeah. don't know much about it but can you tell me about <laughs> how meditation plays yeah. into like mental health and and that specific meditation that you did um you so you know as we talk about mental health also like it's important to say that not everything works works for everyone so sometimes people really like talk therapy you know and that works really well for them and other people like you know my brother that's not going to work for him he's not going to go to a therapist and do one-on-one you know and so there's so many ways to kind of heal yourself um and to heal your your mind your heart your body and so that can be meditation that can be art therapy that can be writing therapeutic writing so I just want to put that out there that you know there you know there isn't a right or wrong way to do this as long as you're trying different things and seeing what Mm. works I did um uh, at one point I did Vipassana meditation and it's like a 10 day silent day course um that i highly recommend it's free i can't believe you did that yeah. you said, i forgot that you had to be silent <laughs> yeah you have to be silent days. i would die there's yeah. there's I know a few people that have done that yeah. and i just feel like i would be so depressed i would be so angry it's i mean all those feelings come up you know <laughs> <laughs> they do how did you get through it? um so it's you know, I think that the course is that even though no one's talking, you really feel people's energy and you feel that you are among people that are all there for different reasons and trying to process like whatever's happening or happened to you, you know. Um, so it's just, you know, like one thing they tell you when you start the course, it's like you're doing brain surgery on, you know, on your brain and you don't leave in the middle of surgery because you can leave at any point. But it's like not it's recommend. not complete. So it's you can't. Yeah, you're not going to get the full benefits of it. And, you know, what you're learning is just you're learning to sit with your emotions and to you're practicing keeping your mind present. And being present means feeling certain feelings that you don't like. And so on a very experiential level, you're experiencing discomfort and comfort at the same time. You know, I I don't like so, you know, part of it is like you're staying still and you're not supposed to move for an hour. I know, guys, it sounds crazy, but really, it's uh, it works. Um, but you're sitting still for like a whole hour. And so your eggs might your eggs, your legs might start like hurrying. And then you just observe the pain and then it kind of goes away. Uh, <laughs> so and so that's kind of how you start then practicing like your emotions. It's like, oh, I feel anxious. It's like, OK, I'm observing my anxiety. I'm not going to resist it. And it's going to go away. So that's something I did. And I did it twice. And I do it. I've The two times I've done it, I've done it at very, very difficult times in my life. Um, so I'm always in crisis when I go. Yeah. But I'm curious to see how, how what it would be like to go there when I'm not in crisis. And yeah. I'm actually like, you know, not desperate for like an answer, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you still use... Does it still help you now? Yeah. It radically just shifts something in your brain. Really? Like something just, even if you don't, I don't practice like I should, but like just so your how you think of things yeah. just completely changes. It's wow. really like amazing. Wow. And so for like someone like my brother who couldn't do talk therapy, he did that kind of um, meditation. meditation. Did it help him? Yeah. Yeah. He, he was definitely like you know i mean he was someone that was like i want to be there forever (laughs) like he really like was like this is great you're never gonna want to leave and i was like i every day nightmare to me i can't talk 
Oh my god. I know. I had to convince myself every day to stay. Oh my god. <laughs> I was like, it's okay. It's just nine more days. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't communicate. Any- Didn't you say you had like a person that you could communicate with like one day or like one once hour a day, day for five? No, like once a day for five minutes, and oh they don't really help you. They're just like, yeah, that's normal. Mm-hmm. You're like, I want to <laughs> scratch the wall. Oh my god. You're like, yeah, like that's solitary normal. confinement. They're like, observe. You know. <laughs> Could you, like, read and stuff, or you're not supposed to do that either? You're not supposed to do any of that. Um, you know, some people might bring stuff, yeah. but, like, it's just contraband. <laughs> but, like, no one's going to, like, go in your room and check it, you know? So what do you do all day? <laughs> so you understand. You're, you're really... with your thoughts. Oh, God. Well, no, no, you're night. meditating in the hall. So, like, it starts at oh. 4 a.m. up until, like, 9 p.m. What? And you're just... <laughs> do you fall asleep? <laughs> There's many times I fell asleep, Yeah. 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 Is that fine? That's allowed? No, I mean, no one's going to yell at you. Yeah, like As long as you don't no snore, they just think you're in deep meditation. Yeah. Mm. I've done that before. I've fallen asleep um, and then just like snapped out of it. And that was a 30-minute meditation, but I was tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's something that works for people, but not everyone can do that and that's okay. What's art therapy? I almost made an appointment with this art therapist and then I was like, this sounds too like hokey for me (laughs) i need to talk (laughs) well i i don't want to speak for art therapists because i i i know i'm not going to do them justice because Mm -hmm. i'm not entirely sure exactly you know but from what i've seen is that a lot of times it's just allowing people to you know draw things you know and sometimes they prompt you and i think sometimes they just allow you to mm-hmm. just draw things and then based on that like what i've seen art therapists do is like really amazing like really read into a picture this is know? like my fear they're like like i see it with like kids like Athea, draw me a picture of your family then uh, interesting that your dad was the furthest yeah. the smallest <laughs> <laughs> what's that about and yeah I'm like i can't draw i hate drawing so mm-hmm. it gives me anxiety so i think if like I was yeah. in my baby. Our therapy is, is not for you. I, yeah, I, I don't know why I thought it might be a good idea. I was yeah. like, oh, this would so be you, cool. You didn't end up going. I did it, and I canceled uh, the appointment. I was like, I, I don't. Know. I want to go. Was it just you can just you find? Can I don't think you. Yeah, can I have the name of therapist. a person that yeah. that's really that cool. someone recommended. I would love that. Do you have to pay for that? Yeah, <laughs> insurance. Um, actually, I don't know. I yeah, I think some insurance cover it, but that's probably because they're already like a licensed therapist who yeah, also yeah, practice yeah. art mm-hmm. therapists. But a lot of them don't. Mm-hmm. don't cover it but that's interesting yeah i think like the key is get some sort of help and in, in some way because th- there's no one size fits all and uh, as long and i even like just saying something takes away the power just being able mm-hmm. to um vocalize it or communicate it whether through art therapy or writing or whatever yeah. but just keeping it in is is the worst and we start building it up in in our mind and our body and i feel like we just hold on to that and it becomes physical stress and physical anxiety so mm-hmm. Uh, just speaking from experience, um, <laughs> I wanted to, maybe we could, you know, t- speaking of feelings, <laughs> um, maybe we could, uh, take a little break to, uh, do a little love segment that mm-hmm. we call 50 Shades of Brown. You didn't do it with me. <laughs> 50 Shades of Brown. Got it. What happened in our unison? Okay. So we have a question. So this is a segment where... Um, we answer multicultural dating questions that people send in, um, and we will try our best to solve everyone's problems, um, <laughs> since we're such experts in the love field. Um, all right, here we go. This is a long oh one, so gosh, strap so in, guys. Wow. It's really long, I but, uh, really I long. think it'll pay off. I might, <laughs> I might meditate 
through this question. Oh boy. AKA fall asleep. Oh god. <laughs> well, ready. that's I'm one ready. way to gain a listener. Yeah. <laughs> the person who sent it. All right, here we go. Dear No Fly List, I'm a performer and I invited a coworker to a show. She came to see me, came for drinks after, and out of the blue just took me outside and kissed me. She was drinking a lot and not talking to me much, which makes me think she's maybe a bit awkward slash shy. (laughs) We went back to my place and had sex, and she spent the night. I feel like something happened in between us. Okay, yeah, so so fast. Next morning, we took an Uber to work together, got out a block away, and she went to Starbucks and then came in and dropped off my breakfast. Why don't you go instead? Okay. (laughs) This is from a dude. Okay. I texted, thanks for coffee. And she replied, thanks for an amazing night. Basically, I like her, but I think she wants to just hook up. And what makes me think she, she does is two things she said. One, after my show, she literally said, let's go. I want to fuck. Wow. She was drunk. Uh, in parentheses. Two, the <laughs> next day, when I suggested I could go back to her place after work, she lives nearby, she said, I'm kind of private about my place. I don't like to bring people. Like Jerry Seinfeld said, what's the deal with this woman? <laughs> Is this the behavior of someone who just wants to hook up for fun and no more? Thank you for your answers, horny and corny at the office. This is this is crazy. Wow. Also, shout out to this person. Thank you, Horny and Corny. Yeah. Giving a lot more detail than I wanted. Uh, (laughs) um, I think it's interesting. So what do we do? They're working together, hooked up. Sounds like, you know, um, the the next... But she got him breakfast. Isn't that something you would do? Yeah. I wouldn't do that to somebody. Do you think I was it's an excuse? Yeah, I wouldn't either. Like, do you not think that it's I would? Have yeah, not that I would ever <laughs> hook up with anyone or know what that's like. But that's in so theory, <laughs> um, would you be like, oh, I, do you think it's an excuse? Like, oh, I'm I'm kind of private about my place. I don't like bring people over. Maybe she's just being like cautious, or I don't know. I would know that part. No, not cautious. She already went home with them. Um, not cautious in terms of safety, but maybe some people are really like private or territorial about their place. Did, you- did did horny and corny say like <laughs> <laughs> what he wants? What he wants? Yeah, what he, he likes wants. her, and I think he wants to ask her out again, but he's not sure if this is just a hookup. It sounds like a hookup. You think it's just a hookup? Yeah, I can't tell. I really How? Can't what's tell. the next step to find out if it is or is well, it? Well, I wait. When he, I guess we can't we can't discern this from the short email but did he when he invited her to the show did he want to hook up with her because when when the story started i thought he just invited a co-worker to a show right so i was like i was blown away by how the night turned out mm. for him it doesn't say but i think maybe just sounds like like i know like sometimes like my co-workers or people just oh yeah invite me to your next show and then i'll just like invite them so it sounds yeah. like maybe it was just like a ca- casual thing like he invited a bunch of co-workers and she came and then um, she got really drunk. Me, here's the part. I think if she, it's hard to say because I feel like if you get really drunk um, and you're just trying to hook up with someone, is she's trying to hook up with him and that's why she got drunk to feel less awkward? Or was she just trying to hook up with anybody that night? Okay, I know this is not like the most conventional way to approach this, but just ask her. I know. <laughs> you're right. No, you're right. You're just right. Like, just be like, like ask get to her the what? point. Say like, what? Say what? Yeah. Just like, you know, I just want to know, do you want to hook up or are you interested in something else? And it sounds like he's down to whatever, you know. Yeah, that's actually true. Okay. Like, it sounds like he's down to hook up or he's down to, like, explore something yeah. else. Yeah. So I think, like, let's keep things simple. 
Yeah, yeah. you're right. As you always. know, you can hypothesize. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> we'll just be here all night trying to That's analyze. Um, absolutely. So, this is how I do therapy. Yeah. <laughs> be honest. That's just the first. Yourself, what do you want? What do you want? Yeah. First, you have to figure out what you want before you true. ask the person what they want. Ooh, I yeah. think that's true. We've all made that mistake in the past. Or at least, I don't know. Yeah. I have where you, why would you ask the other person? They're like, wait, I'm actually not sure what I wanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you go in knowing what you want, yeah. um, it'll give you, um, I guess, I don't know, better guidance into that conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that, we was, saw- that was some top notch. Yeah. Thanks. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Be honest. <laughs> Honesty. That's true. We are so indirect. Like, the, like nobody's direct. Even mm-hmm. in, we were talking about this off air, like, um, just in general, when we a- want to ask people of things or it's like, oh, how do I go with this roundabout way? And it's like, no, just just be direct. Like, being direct yeah. is sometimes the best approach and the yeah. easiest approach. It may feel hard because we're not used to it. Yeah. And because you're um, putting yourself in the line of rejection more openly. Mm-hmm. But also, like, what is even what is rejection even mean? You know, like, it's just, like, just being clear. And I think people actually really, like, respect that. Like, they really appreciate... I think it, catch, it might catch them off guard a little bit. But they're actually like, oh. Yeah. This person knows what they want. That's attractive. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, they're just being really honest. Hmm. How rare is that? Yeah. <laughs> I, what do you... What is your advice... To people for like dealing with rejection if this ends up being a rejection Ooh. situation i think rejection has more to do with you than the person and so then it's mm-hmm. it's like work that you kind of have to do like your ego is bruised but the ego is just an illusion Ooh. <laughs> it really is and so it's like really like what you know what does it mean you know like do you really like the person or do you just like them because you want them to like you because it's going to make the you validation. the validation, you know? So I think there's like a lot of that. You so know? you have to kind of figure out why you, why do you feel rejected? Because mm-hmm. I think if you're really like, you know yourself and you like, I mean, I, I'm sure this has happened to everyone, you know, like sometimes you just want, like, you just want to know, you know, and then based on the answer, you'll just figure out like you're resilient, you know, you've been through enough stuff but like being afraid is not gonna help you mm-hmm. like get what you want in life you're right and i think it's admirable when someone just Puts isn't themselves afraid out there. Yeah, just have like, you done that before directly ask someone yeah if they like you yeah how did that go never ends well <laughs> you know what i found and not to be like um you know not to play gender roles or play into that but honestly i found and maybe it's because of the society that we live in um i've never found for uh, my female friends being the one that asks the direct question it's never ended well mm. i mean it's 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 ended well and like i always feel like they like it we moved on to the next level but like it's just a relationship never ended. okay well, so maybe know. it wasn't that like yeah you've asked someone out before yeah yeah but i also think like I, it feels like for me like it feels good and like to be and to like know what i want and see it and, and not really care and go just after like, oh, it yeah you're amazing. It's true. And horny and corny, <laughs> please keep us updated. Yeah. Let us know Wanna what know. happens. Yeah. I'd love to know how that works out. But yeah, I think that's a good, just a general rule. Just like, yeah. don't overthink it. Just be direct. There's mm-hmm. so much like game playing with like relationships and stuff. There's it's- so much game playing with like life in You're general right. too. Yeah. Like even jobs. Like we were yeah. talking about this off mic too. Like you, it's just nothing makes sense and nothing is as it seems. And yeah. you kind of just have to like 
you know mm-hmm. yeah i don't know you have to kind of tease out like what's real what's not and it's it's frustrating because no one's being honest yeah so exactly. it's, it's frustrating when you want to be direct yeah but nothing around you is direct or yeah. clear yeah and then but that's why you have to know yourself and that's mm-hmm. work that's mm-hmm. a lot of late work i find i don't know if you find us like okay being in new york city like there's you know the, we're talking about like the holidays are coming up um it's a lonely time and for a lot of people um and i don't know not to like get dark but i guess i heard there's like a higher rate of like uh suicide around mm-hmm. the holidays well i heard actually because true? of financial issues around january or something because oh people God. rack up what yeah because people From buying like, presents well yeah people go into debt for my presents? This is one. I'm like, That's, thank God we're that. Muslim and don't yeah. have to buy like thousands yeah. of dollars of like Christmas gifts yeah. or Hanukkah or whatever. Do people buy thousands of? I know nothing no, but people about, go like, in debt. I read this, and I don't know if that's true. Maybe yeah. I'm sure you could speak to this. That um, because of credit card debt, like a lot of people like either that's go into insane. depression around the holidays or feel lonely around the holidays. I don't know. Have you experienced this in your therapy? Any rise in therapy around? The holidays. I mean, I definitely think like the holidays are a tough time, whether you celebrate them or not. Because I feel like even like as someone that, you know, as Muslim doesn't really celebrate Christmas, it's like everyone else around you is also yeah, celebrating. Yeah, it's a vibe it. of yeah. the yeah. city, you know? the whole country. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so like things are like, you know, people are on vacation. And so you're just, you know, so I, I think that's one thing. But I think that just depending on what's going on in your life, um, it could be a hard time if you've lost someone, if you've lost you know a parent or or you know a friend or or a breakup you know know? like and loss like in 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 its many forms right so that can be really tough and and then sometimes it's like what you guys said just people you know if you have a family you have kids and you're spending a lot of money trying to make it you know you know a nice time for them and you know that's real and stressful and you know and it's scary when it's like accumulating Mm -hmm. Um, so I do think that, you know, I don't, I'm not sure if there's like a rise in therapy around this time, but I know that there's definitely, um, you know, people struggle, you know? Yeah. And so it's like how, again, as a community, do we support people during this time? And to like yeah. reach out to people, you know how people always post around those, like, um, whenever there's a celebrity death, like if you yeah. need anything, reach out. Well, yeah. When you're feeling depressed, that's the last thing you want to do. Regularly mm-hmm. check in on people. Yeah. Not just when they're depressed, but mm-hmm. just to make them feel like, like you might catch them at a time where they really need you. So just regularly and people who are depressed or lost people around the holidays, check in. It also helps you if you're feeling like not so great and depressed to reach out to someone else and connect. I think we're just like massively, um, you know, deprived of, of connection of human connection. With one yeah. Another. Especially, okay? no, I'm not, I'm not to cry, you guys. <laughs> I think especially if you know that they might have gone through a breakup recently, or have mm-hmm. lost someone, or even if they didn't lose someone recently, sometimes the holiday is just a trigger. Yeah, you know. Um, and so it's always better to like check in than to assume people are okay. Yeah. We kind of went from like let's lighten things up. Yeah, <laughs> let's darken them. Really back. darkening things up, which is fine. It's good. It's healthy. It's, it's healthy. I, I, this is one thing. Whenever I'm with Ahmad, we always, like, talk about the tough things that we're probably, like, yeah. avoiding or yeah. just in general, like, day-to-day stuff yeah. that or that we suppress just to get through mm. our day. And I, I think mm. that's good, and I think it's healthy. And I feel like, okay, yeah. if I'm going through some really dark shit, I could definitely, like, just call you and, like, yeah. let you know about it and not feel like, oh, mm. no, like, you're, I'm going to feel judged or vulnerable mm-hmm. or whatever. Well, yeah. So. I do want to say one thing, um, and then we can – 
you know change subject but like (laughs) no it's just like one thing about like suicide and it's a real thing it's you know sometimes people are afraid to ask really what's going on with the person like how Uh, depressed are they and the person will tell you but like it makes us feel sometimes uncomfortable right it's like oh it's 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 you know i don't want to ask them if they're like thought of hurting themselves or i don't want to ask them why they're depressed but it's actually sometimes it's really i think helpful for the person to be able to like know that i can talk for example i can talk to ethia and tell her my how dark my thoughts are and she's not gonna get uncomfortable and shut me down yeah and she's gonna hear me out and validate me there's so much power in just being really heard. yeah and seen and validated like it's really basic stuff you know i i do have i guess that kind of leads into my question is um you know because of our culture is so you know stigmatized with uh getting mental health um help and stuff how do you if you see someone struggling especially within our culture who you know like could use a therapist or help like how do you can i think that's the hardest thing how do you convince them to get help i think that it really depends right like what their barriers are like why are they resisting it you know um and i think one of the challenges i think you know in in many situations is finding the right therapist or right services um you know sometimes it's just like i think as the person that sees the person struggling is just first of all being there getting their trust getting them to talk to you getting them to articulate like what's going on sometimes i've found i've found that it's arrogance people like i already know what a therapist is going to say to me like i don't yeah. see, have you heard, yeah that's i feel like that's the number one thing i hear mm-hmm. about people who are like, anti-therapy like how can you are you kidding this person has studied this this is their specialty it's and like, not just that but that's like if you think that the reason you go to therapy is to get like somebody to tell you what to do or whatever then right the, you're inter- misinterpreting what so they're is about. like grossly misinformed and it's hard to change people's minds who are so like hard-headed about yeah. it mm-hmm. they're just like oh i don't need mm-hmm. therapy because i already know everything i re- or people go i already know everything that's wrong with me yeah and i'm like that's not the point they're not gonna be like oh so it seems like you have like this issues and like yeah no shit like there's people yeah. just don't understand how therapy i've works. never had a therapist tell me what was wrong with me right you're supposed to like i guess figure it out but i think it's also important to like also like respect where people are at and like again like therapy is not for everybody and that's okay you know but if someone i think you know the most important thing is to get them to trust you and tell you what's going on and that way you can guide them like people are way more responsive when you just hear them out validate them and give them feedback because then they're like oh this person really heard me out and so you know like therapy is just you know, sometimes, honestly, like, it's working out can be therapy. You know, sometimes it's just yeah. reading a book that, like, talk that's similar to your own experience that mm-hmm. can be very therapeutic. You know, something that angers me that my mom said? She's like, I, my mom is this type, go on. She's this type of everything, yeah, but this particular thing when it comes to therapy, because she thinks that she's, like, the community therapist. And she's great with people. You've met her. She's very mm-hmm. empathetic. Yeah. She's great. Put disclaimer, I love my mom. <laughs> she's, she oh, likes I to help people. Too. She she really does. She's like that person that people go to with their mm-hmm. their problems. Mm-hmm. Therefore, she thinks that she's taken on the role of a therapist, not only for other people, but for herself. She's like, mm. I can be my own therapist. I'm like, 
no no even a therapist can't be their own therapist like she doesn't get that she thinks like no matter how mentally stable you think you are it doesn't matter like you can't help yourself like a doctor isn't going to operate on himself like that or herself it's 2018 guys Mm -hmm. or their self Mm -hmm. excuse me Um, (laughs) so i just think it's like ah what do you do in that situation well i think first of all you know i think it's awesome that your mom is available to the community and that you know I've met your mom and so she's a really good listener (laughs) so I know that and I think that that's like a lot of strength and I think again like it depends on what's going on with her maybe you know maybe you think that she needs therapy I just feel like you said not everyone needs or therapy's not for everyone I still feel like it can't hurt I feel like everyone would benefit no it is for no it is everyone could benefit from it or maybe not I don't know what do you feel I mean I I really don't know because I've seen people that you know it depends on if they're right right like sometimes what's their stage of change and motivation level and exactly yeah you You know there are times yeah mm -hmm. I heard sorry to interrupt but this thought just occurred to me I'm yawning no no I was laughing because you're yawning but um (laughs) I was I saw like uh a plastic surgery ad or something and mm-hmm. it said like the tagline was uh oh my god what was it? it was it's easier to maintain than reclaim and even though that was in the context of like physical beauty which is like not the healthiest thing i was like this is such good advice just for life in general <laughs> so what does that mean like maintain, it's easier but don't it's reclaim. easier if you take good care of your body it's easier to stay healthy i if see you haven't like mm-hmm. it's easier right. to if you look at it like from like a weight and nutrition perspective Mm -hmm. it's easier to just be moderately healthy your whole life than it is to be like really really unhealthy and then try to turn your life around right um so i feel like that really applies to like what you're describing where it's like everybody could benefit even if you feel like you're doing well because it's it's a lot easier to maintain yourself doing well right than it is to try to like get back from being Mm -hmm. in a really dark place Mm -hmm. same with the meditation Mm -hmm. like like you were saying like you went to it in crisis mode but if you if we do it throughout Mm -hmm. then it Mm -hmm. helps um maintain so that when you are feeling um when you are going through something tough you can manage it better through therapy and can i just also another thing that's huge i think with um at least the way i feel with mental health um is sleep like sleep is huge i didn't realize until i got older Mm -hmm. like i feel like seriously if i have five hours sleep i feel really depressed i'm Mm -hmm. like what's wrong with me today why is everything so wrong i'm like Mm -hmm. oh wait i didn't sleep last Mm -hmm. night and it it kind of warps your like mind and perceptions Mm -hmm. of things Mm -hmm. and makes everything Mm -hmm. kind of magnified Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i can relate to that too like sleep i mean i always say like you know sleep deprivation is one way they torture people yeah yeah, (laughs) you know like it's no joke like when you don't sleep like i'm i get physically sick when i don't me too i get nauseous i feel like i mean yeah i was flying back and like uh, on a 14 hour flight and i was like like not i didn't sleep for 24 hours just Mm -hmm. felt Mm -hmm. like physically ill Mm -hmm. and depressed and i was like why am i feeling this way but it it makes such a big difference i think i tell that to like my my patients too um because we do like stress management like, like mm-hmm. very late i know which is like <laughs> but yeah. so i talk about meditation and sleep mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. and sunlight um so, yeah which it's i think that's why people get like seasonal mm-hmm. oh yeah maybe we could talk about a little bit about sad Ooh, yeah, it's winter yeah. since it's winter yeah. in new york Did and now it's daylight savings it's like yeah. dark at yeah, it's, five o'clock i had like i, I really it. i don't know why this year has been like my worst year for understanding 
like the, why do we do daylight savings? I don't know. I, I, why do away with it? To be, the farmers thing. Yeah, it was like something. About, I don't know. Yeah. We live in New York City. There ain't no farmers. <laughs> I mean, there are upstate, it, but that's how, not. How does it help the? Farm? I, don't I don't know. Maybe know. I'm just being why do we have ignorant. to? Why do we have to? No disrespect, farmers out there. Why do we have to change our whole lives? Yeah. Why don't they just yeah. wake up at a different time? If it, I don't, I just don't understand the mm-hmm. the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I think what surprised me about like the season changing is like I didn't like I know my mood changes when the winter comes around, mm-hmm. but like some people just their mood changes whenever the season changes. Like, that's me. That's, anytime. That's true. You like, yeah. Even when it's <laughs> I do. Like I even know. when. It's like winter to spring. Yeah. Why? I actually get more depressed winter mm-hmm. to spring. Why? Because it feels uh, more drastic. Uh, spring mm-hmm. to fall to winter mm-hmm. almost sneaks up on mm-hmm. me and I don't feel as bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't really explain it. I don't know. Maybe I'm like, <laughs> I've just been feeling that I mean, way I think past. it's just, I think it's just not seeing, well, I don't know actually why, you- but I think that that's very common when people, the season changes with them. I wonder... If, like, you associate also winter with, like, something. Like my birthday. <laughs> oh, yeah. Getting older. No, really. Like, kidding. sometimes, like, for me, like, um, spring might remind me of something sad and it kind of changes my mood. Depends on what happens. Like, if you experience something during yeah. that time. I think that can also be, like, a trigger. It's mm. really interesting. Yeah. I thought I smelled something burning. I do also smell something burning. I smell bread burning. <laughs> I think it's getting up to make I'm sure nothing's on fire. No, you should uh, definitely make, make sure. sure. Well, I hope they're not burning anything. Oh my god, I hope the fire alarm doesn't go off. Mm. I am like not in the mood to get up. Has that happened? Uh-huh. She's opening the door. She's looking in the hallway. Okay. That's good. It's fine. It doesn't affect us at all. It does smell like bread. Bread, yeah. It's probably just toast. Oh my god, are we all having a stroke? (laughs) Simultaneous (laughs) stroke. Okay, I'm back. Burning toast. Um, Um, I don't like associate any seasons with anything. What does that mean? That's good. I mine has gotten much much better. It was like. I think it started like a few years ago Mm -hmm. um, and Ahmad was with me. I went through like a bad breakup and then um, since then the winter kind of felt blah, Mm -hmm. but which is weird because I've always loved winters in New York Mm -hmm. um, because I always found it kind of like the pretty lights and like the Mm -hmm. season. I don't know. I liked the cold. Now it's gotten unbearable in the past couple of years or so. Mm -hmm. And so, but anyway, it's gotten much, much better now. And I think I just need to like, maintain my regular life and not let it get to me but i don't know i I haven't had like the winter blues in a while i think it's more the spring fuck the spring i think it's because i to be honest it's like seeing everybody being outside and enjoying themselves (laughs) makes me feel pressure to do the same whereas winter you're like you don't feel as bad just staying in and like watching tv are you like like a homebody type of person um i can be i can be it's mm-hmm. weird it's really interesting because i'm always out now that i'm like i love just being at home yeah mm-hmm. actually i need that recharge mm-hmm. time i need that downtime i love all mm-hmm. the seasons like i i every change of season i get really happy because i'm like something new happens mm-hmm. you no know, because i'm like oh my god remember being outside and then i'm like yeah i remember being outside it's awesome yay it's happening but then when it becomes winter i'm like oh my god remember how pretty snow is yeah. and i'm like yeah it's hot so pretty cider like, i'm all about it hot yeah. cocoa i also like i didn't it's weird to me a theory because i i thought 
you also grew up in places that don't really have four seasons, which I I never saw like snow or like a real winter or a real fall until in Alabama. Yeah, until uh, I went to Michigan. Yeah, and, like I only recently started getting before. very cold there. I guess, but like, I compared to like the north. Yeah, yeah. Like it's. I just mm. feel like there's not a drastic change. There's not. Mm-hmm. But now it's been just as cold in Alabama as here really? on many days. Just as cold. Wow. Yes. Does no it way. snow? Lot. Yeah. No way. Oh, not okay. Not as like temperature wise. Temperature wise, not just as snow cold, wise. but otherwise. <laughs> but anyway, do you have any? Uh, maybe I know it's like a loaded question. Advice, I guess, for people kind of going through these seasonal changes, or just any like kind of just hardships around the holidays like in yeah form. i think one thing that i know like um <laughs> it's funny um like with with my clients is sometimes like you know when you you know you're trying to like safety plan with them or whatever you talk about like warning signs mm-hmm. um like how do you know when you're not doing well <laughs> ah, how <laughs> that's do you an know? excellent yeah. point <laughs> well it really depends on like the person right like you know like i worked with a lot of people with like severe mental um health like schizophrenia you know Mm -hmm. and so sometimes you know people would say you know what i isolate more you know or i you know i my thoughts are a little bit more paranoid you know Mm -hmm. and it's funny because recently i or like you know i don't brush my teeth every morning you know and so i thought that was really interesting because i started thinking about myself and i'm like so what are my warning signs so like when i know my mood's shifting and it's true it's like maybe i you know isolate more or mm-hmm. i won't take showers every day like you kind of start noticing like something's happening and sometimes we we just stop doing things not recognizing our moods changing so i think the best or not one of the things i don't know if this is the best but it's just getting to know yourself getting mm-hmm. to know how what your depression looks like what your anxiety looks like what's helped in the past what hasn't helped you know and know that like okay who you know having a support system is huge you know and thinking of like people who you you know who you trust and if you don't there's i think also it can I, be I want hard to, in New York. It can be yeah. such a, you know, disconnecting, lonely place. Well, that's what I was going to say. Especially in the holiday, there's a lot of, like, I think, support groups that also happen in the holiday. Oh, that's Yeah, cool. so, you know, so it's, like, reaching out. Because there is so much power. Like, even if you think, like, oh, I'm just going to go there and I don't know anybody. It's, it, it, I've done, like, group therapy before. And it feels so good when you know you're not alone. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, that person went through the exact same thing. I'm not just crazy. We okay. all think we're so special and yeah. our, like, our anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. It's like, but we're all human and we all experience similar ranges of emotions, maybe just to different extents. Yeah. So I'm sure, like, you know, even you might meet someone who you think, oh, we have nothing in common. We actually, like, probably experience a lot of, like, similar pain and joy and, mm-hmm. and whatever. So mm-hmm. I think that's a great idea. To just, yeah. And something, I may have mentioned this already, but... Um, one thing like my therapist told me that was helpful about loneliness is that it's a disconnection from yourself. Mm. So just to try to kind of um, connect back with yourself and it's that feeling of like, oh, who, like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but it made Mm. sense when she said it. I knew exactly Mm. what she meant. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I, I can, I can, I think I understand like what she means, you know, it's, you know, it's just. Because I knew what it meant for me. I don't know what it means to another, like, for another person it's yeah. like you know what makes you feel like you yeah i mean yeah you're right i mean like why are you is a big yeah one. yeah i mean i know i've been doing that like you know just trying to like 
so something like my therapist once told me <laughs> and i don't know like not everybody likes this idea but like um you know it was it was actually like a relaxation technique that we did together it was very interesting but anyways so i had to visualize myself as a as a baby or as a child or at a certain age and visualize where i am at that point what i look like what am i wearing and then you know and then like i told her you know then then we kind of like debriefed afterwards and and I was like oh you know I'm dressed very properly my hair is done it's very neat you know I'm like five you know and it was very interesting because that's how I see my ideal self um and so whenever like I feel like I'm being hard on myself I think of like baby me and like what would I do for her and like how I want to take care of her and how I know that little girl felt really lonely sometimes and just like kind of like accepting her and embracing her and like so somehow like I think of when I think of myself as that little girl I'm kinder to myself sometimes yeah but I sometimes mm -hmm. do that I'm like it took like I literally talk to myself like I would talk to like a friend or someone Mm -hmm. like have you it's okay like Mm -hmm. it's okay like you just like Mm -hmm. oh my god I'm gonna cry now (laughs) just thinking about my trauma is it the toast I'm having (laughs) I'm having a stroke you guys it just feels very personal and I now actually lately to chime in more because I feel like I was like just Mm -hmm. having a personal therapy session Um, and I feel like really weird (laughs) and vulnerable now thinking of my therapist told me to think of myself as a child Mm -hmm. didn't really work because mm-hmm. i don't like myself as a ch- i don't like my childhood self or myself oh. mm-hmm. um as a child like i like myself much more now like mm-hmm. i'm much happier with myself now i care more about myself mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so it wasn't like a good <laughs> so it just doesn't compare. like yeah i don't think about that because either about know. the child thing i, I've never... I just it's just not something i i, th- I feel like as maybe i think about my future self and i'm like mm-hmm. you know I want to make my future self proud or mm. I want to make my future yeah, self. Yeah, that's actually mm. good. Idea. Like I always yeah. think about like if I if I have a thing that I don't want to do, mm. and I'll be like that's a future me's problem. Mm. Or <laughs> if I do something that I didn't have to do and I do it earlier, I'm like future me will have to thank me for that later. <laughs> oh my god. Um so that's that's a whole thing. Um, I'm trying to fill time now, so that it's less. Well, I'm, I'm actually you. curious because like and you don't have to answer this obviously, but like, you know, like what what are you feeling about like younger you like why don't you like her i don't i don't know if it's that i specifically don't like my younger self i think it's more that so i don't associate any seasons with trauma or any like um like i don't know i think my brain more just associate like the 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 timing right mm-hmm. so when i think if somebody's mm-hmm. like if I, let's say i have a friend that i haven't seen since I was like 16 years old, instead of just thinking about my friend when I was 16 years old, I will think, okay, here's all the bad things I was going through when I was 16 mm. years old. So it's more for me, like the, mm. the age reminds me of trauma, I guess, mm-hmm. more than, mm-hmm. than other mm-hmm. variables. Mm-hmm. So I think that's it. And that, like my childhood was not very good and it was very difficult. So I think there's just not a lot of people I feel like can think back or maybe not, uh, but some people can think back to a year and be like, that was an awesome year. Like I had a great this mm-hmm. thing with my family i had a great birthday i had a great whatever mm-hmm. it is and i don't have in my like mm-hmm. like as a child i don't have any years like that mm-hmm. so it's more yeah like no, I that's a good thing and you're not associating <laughs> anyone feeling with a particular mm-hmm. season or, or event because then you're not yeah. reliving that event yeah it, but it's season. also it's yeah it's also kind of a problem because i was uh 
we were talking about how I, I have an impending move like coming up later and my whole problem is my whole life I've moved like every year or every other mm-hmm. year or, mm-hmm. and it's like I can't stay in one place and I think that's a huge I think a huge part of it is that because I don't have a, like my parents don't even live in the place any of the places where I grew up like it's I never have to like walk down memory lane and I kind of think that's unhealthy sometimes because I'm like you know that means that I'm really selective about my memory I'm Mm -hmm. like I only think about things I want to think about I never have like like oh that reminds me of something except like when Mm -hmm. I think about my younger self so it's kind of like sometimes I wonder if it's um like Mm -hmm. well it's at this point I'm like I didn't want to move and now I have to move Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like annoying because I was like I was gonna try so hard to be Mm -hmm. healthy and be the type of person you'll be close you can come back Soon. Yeah, you, but that's not the point. We gotta get you back. The point mm-hmm. is, like, I yeah, like we not, can tell. We already told our listeners you're moving DC. Is yeah, that okay? Uh, yeah. Is that top secret? Yeah. <laughs> For a top secret <laughs> strangers, yeah, like yeah. who didn't know where I lived to begin with, right? Um, yeah, yeah, like it's just like I just feel like it's. I don't know why it's unhealthy. I think that it's unhealthy to be constantly moving, but I feel like inherently well, it's like destabilizing, it's not. maybe. Yeah, or- but it doesn't. I don't like. I I like it. The prop. The thing that I think is unhealthy is that I really like it, and like mm. I really look forward mm-hmm. to not having to lay down roots. Yeah. Or to like, do you know? I know what a I lot mean? of people like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't think it's good. I don't know why it's not good. Why? But I don't yeah, think it's good. I think that it's interesting. Uh, <laughs> how you feel about your younger self Mm. and i think that it could be like whatever like not like relevant or there could be like a lot of stuff there to explore Mm -hmm. you know i don't know it's it's your story right but it's it's interesting to think about that you know um you know and it seems like you know this opportunity that came to you Mm. wasn't something you necessarily seeked yeah you know that's the thing that's why it's so frustrating because like almost every other time in my adulthood, it was a choice. Every time in my youth, it was my parents' choice, mm. right? So the fact that this time, th- this was the first time where I was like, mm. and every place I moved, I was like, I only have to be here for two years, and then my plan is to go to this next place, and I had the next place in mind, right? Mm-hmm. This time, I was like, I don't have a next place. I'm not going to make a plan. Like, this is my life now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be one of those people that mm-hmm. just, like, has a life and mm-hmm. stays somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then it, it was, like, through mm-hmm. things not out of my control control. yeah Yeah, so it's just super frustrating Mm. um i did think of Mm. something though that does take me back and make me super depressed Mm. which is the smell of do you do you guys ever go into schools anymore like yeah elementary schools the smell there's like a very specific Mm. smell of like the i don't know like Mm. the Mm. mass produced yeah stuff that they use mixed with like cafeteria food or something mm-hmm. that makes me it makes me so deeply depressed to the mm-hmm. point that i truly believe if i ever have children mm-hmm. i won't be able to take them to like i won't be able you to just have take them to a better smelling school, school. <laughs> no, just all the same. no no i know it's all is the that, same mm-hmm. it's like like the the off-brand dial that's just like mm-hmm. orange soap you know what i mean mm-hmm. like that like i i can't it's so crazy and every time yeah. i think that because obviously like people that don't have children that are adults don't really and who aren't teachers don't go into schools that often so like i always like it falls out You'll of my just mind have to homeschool and then I go, <laughs> no i'll just have to have like That's a work. partner that like takes care of the kids 100 and goes to pta meeting yeah right right i'm gonna go to a pta mm. meeting i wouldn't want to do that That's either. Interesting. 
yeah oh sorry no no, no, no. go ahead no i was just saying like that's interesting that you'd like that like because our sense of smells right isn't it's it so like powerful this, it's like our memory. strongest sense yeah. you know like that connects to our memory yeah. you know like Have i had watched black mirror sorry yeah i'm too dark. scared yeah <laughs> I, I, it's I kind of crazy about like memory and i'm stuff. not in a pl- yeah i've heard about certain episodes and i'm like that's too scary for me um should we lighten things up for reals (laughs) yeah sure um go on with our our last segment that we call keeping up with the caucasians stop (laughs) keeping up with the caucasians is a segment where we talk about things that white people do different categories and whether we as people of color or brown Mm -hmm. people do them as well Mm -hmm. so um, I'm gonna. There are different categories to I feel choose like from. PTA meetings should be on there. PTA. <laughs> I feel like that's more of an obligation. My parents never ever went to PTA. Me meetings. neither. But I didn't want them to either. I was like, please oh, don't really? come. Yeah, I was like oh, embarrassing no. my parents. It sounds I like a like, privilege to have time it, to. Yeah, be I know a part that's of true. True. Um, so our categories are food slash beverage, uh, activities, style slash clothes, phrases or sayings, um, or miscellaneous. We also have brands and products, which we actually haven't done, really? but we didn't really fill them up enough. But yeah, mm-hmm. do you have uh, a, a category that you want to choose from? Mm, not specifically. So there's products, brands, miscellaneous, phrases or sayings, style slash clothes, activities, uh, food or beverage. Anything that strikes you? I you get to choose. I, if I, there's, oh. no right, there's no wrong answer. So there's All no right, right answer. Then, uh, my indecisive self is going to go with miscellaneous. That's been a popular one recently. <laughs> uh, is that why? Maybe, Layla, because people one? can't decide. Yeah, miscellaneous? If you one. want people to decide, take it out. Take it out. Yeah, that's <laughs> Okay. True. You're right. Is I'll just rename it. Left in it. Yeah. Okay. This one is <laughs> being offended by everything. Oh, my God. Like, as a white person. We were, like, weren't we, ju- we were just talking about this mm, before we went on mic about mm, certain people we know no, in our lives who oh are just offended and victimized by everything. Oh, know? yes. Yes. We were, yeah. Who, also, I, I think that also goes under... Being offended on behalf of other people, making them feel like they should be offended. Oh, my God. Mm. I think that's what I think about. That happened to me so Less so now, I think. But in college, I lived in a co-op, which is a cooperative housing, Mm -hmm. which you like, you pay. It's basically like everybody owns the house. So while you're Mm -hmm. living there, you pay. It's very so much cheaper compared to actually getting a house. But you also have to work. So you have to do something to contribute to the house. So... Everybody has a different, like, chore, but you have right. to do it. And it's, like, um, you know, we also have, like, house meetings and we vote on right. things, like, mm-hmm. vote on, like, random things, like, to change the windows or whatever it is. So I lived in, like, this hippy-dippy co-op, which was awesome, and it was my favorite place in the world. But I had a roommate who was, like, a really hardcore white girl social was justice warrior. Was this in California? Warrior. No, it was in Where? Michigan. Mm. Oh, Michigan. Okay. Yeah. Um, and she was, like, in every possible like student organization and all this stuff and we were the university was voting the student government was voting whether or not to divest from like certain companies that invest in israel and i was not there because i had class or something so (laughs) then i came home that night and she was like just so you know there are dozens of people sitting in at this place blah 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 and you're not there and i was like dude i have to go to school like i'm paying to be here (laughs) and like I am in so much debt, and it doesn't, like, no offense. I, I think it's amazing when university or student organizations do activism on campus. However, if just the student organization does it and the university 
like Mm -hmm. admin doesn't Mm -hmm. sign up for it Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. so it doesn't doesn't, do anything it doesn't do anything so it's like it was but it's just like i can't like she would do stuff like that all the time Mm -hmm. and it was just like really brutal do you so do you find yourself being offended by things that like all the time about things that you i don't know I was like, broad saying no, being I'm, offended by everything. I'm so not or be, like or be, easily yeah. offended. Okay. Sometimes I wonder if I should be. Mm-hmm. Like I'll be like, oh my god, is that offensive? Yeah. Like, should I, I don't that? like when people shame you. Yeah. Like for not participating or not being as mm-hmm. active or like, especially when they're white. You know, mm-hmm. it's like no people. You know, come in at different times. Not everyone's gonna you know come yeah. in at the same time to do this work that is important you know but, but i'm not cool like, with people yeah just like there are tons of different forms of therapy yeah. that work for different people there are different ways of being an activist mm-hmm. or being a yeah. proponent of something. i hate being pressured to be active about something mm-hmm. especially if it's palestine i'm like by a white person i'm like fuck off like yeah. I can, like i've lived this my entire life for you this is a mission or gives you some no, sense yeah. of importance like trend yeah no it's Which, totally and sometimes people generally are like passionate about it but i get it but it's like if i want to do it i'll do it like it's not i don't want to feel like pressured into it no no one should pressure you yeah if you're like passionate about like i don't know like women's rights or that's really vague but like like the 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 pay gap right Mm -hmm. so you yell at a woman that she should come to a protest about the pay gap but that woman is working a job and you don't know that that woman is working a job where she fought really hard to get paid more yeah all this stuff like you wouldn't that is doing like yeah. equally as much if not more as yeah. just holding a picket sign but like you wouldn't know that unless you know right. this person's whole life story so it's right. just like yeah that's that's a it's like virtue signaling like trying yeah. to make people feel bad mm-hmm. for things that they shouldn't feel bad for right. and i am not here for it <laughs> and I, as a comedian i was just gonna say um it's kind of ruined comedy in a lot of ways people being offended by everything oh yeah it's made it so much harder Com- comedians complain about this all the time it's like mm-hmm. you can't joke about anything because it's offensive and i was telling you like i just got back from dubai and like they're like can't joke about sex Mm. politics alcohol drinking religion i'm like oh okay great so what's because if people get offended (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah like well great i'll just stand in silence but not that i talk a lot about that stuff but like we need to talk about these taboo topics Mm -hmm. but i have found myself to be honest i was offended by something um that an arab comic thought was ridiculous to be offended by i don't know if that's me being more americanized or being more quote unquote woke or whatnot Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. i feel like i've definitely been like I definitely feel more I don't know if it's being offended or just like having common sense or like keeping up with the times and not being Mm -hmm. or keeping up with the Caucasians Mm -hmm. (laughs) what did they say or you don't have to say it sorry um I forgot exactly what it was I just remember they said like like a homophobic thing and Mm -hmm. like that's not yeah that's not me being like me being offended yeah I don't think I would count that as I think that's the right reaction to be offended if he made a homophobic comment. Yeah, of course. Um, I think it's more that being offended by everything refers more to like, I was in a class once also, I guess my only experiences with these people tended to be at school, but I was in a grad school class where uh, a girl dropped out of the class because the teacher didn't ask what she wanted she did the teacher didn't ask what pronouns she wanted to use so she just assumed she was a she but she was a she so like it wasn't she didn't she didn't misgender her like she didn't like i can't 
I yeah. know, but the girl was like, so the next day I heard, like, one of the other students talking, and she was like, yeah, like, I don't know, Emily dropped out, and they were like, why? She's like, because she didn't ask for her pronouns. Oh, my God. But she, her pronouns were, like, she, her, so she so gets She got it right, and but not, still, not, it's just, you should have yeah. asked. And not for nothing, but that class was, like, um... Was Emily white? No, it was, <laughs> yeah, she was white. Yeah, oh, the girl was no, white. Um, But the <laughs> class was called, what was it called? It was, like, like cross-generational interracial feminism so it was a very very oh specific like you know i i can already feminist imagine feminist of color yeah. type of class but the teacher was like a really old school feminist like mexican yeah. woman who had done like all this crazy activism and like mm-hmm. i don't know what decade mm-hmm. and i don't want to say the wrong decade but yeah. whatever so she was like she was like a pioneer and she was very famous yeah. like a very famous like feminist author or thinker oh. So like for she her, she wasn't trying to be. Yeah, it's not like, like she, she was wasn't trying. Try, it wasn't like mm-hmm. I don't think she did. Like she was the most progress. Like she was very progressive, exactly. and it was like, just something that didn't occur exactly. to her not to be. Yeah. yeah, and it was just an absurd thing. Mm. Amara, have you had anything like that, or have you found yourself being offended on behalf of people or in those spaces? I don't know. I think like I find myself. I I always think of people's intention. You yeah, know? like I think, yeah. Like, I feel like that really matters. Like, I think everyone, including myself, have made mistakes sometimes about yeah. people's pronouns. And then oh, when someone same. corrects yeah. me, right. I'm like, I'm so sorry, you know? And I think it's how you recover from that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I genu- genuinely don't want to make someone feel, like, dismissed, yeah. you know? And so I think that there's a lot to say when, you know, someone makes a mistake and you kindly correct them mm-hmm. you know and you don't shame them for it because that's a learning opportunity exactly, and yeah. at the end of the day it's really about our relationships with each other so what if you're fighting for palestine and you treat me like shit yeah i don't care about that you mm-hmm. know i care about how you made me feel right now which is not good exactly you know and so i think that people sometimes get very just caught up in the bigger picture and they mm-hmm. forget relationships and how that those matter yeah. So I think yeah, but I mean, I really don't get offended easily. Like people sometimes make mistakes. Yeah, you know, and I think I'm just it's like, okay, especially like as Palestinians, women of color, like people say the wrong things around yeah, us all the time. I think we just learn to like deal with it. And it's also about their intention, right? That's and then sometimes, yes. sometimes to be fair, it happens so frequently that you don't want to also correct people left and right. Like yeah. you don't want to do that yeah. work you know right and that's you, you know lecture people like, yeah it's that. like you know okay whatever like i just don't even want to i just want our conversation to stop <laughs> exactly like you should be the one doing more emotional yeah, labor. yeah exactly so i think that's how i feel i've learned that i get super offended more than anything by airline employees <laughs> that try to take my bag away from me <laughs> i was there yeah it's happened several times since then Why do they, and it doesn't make any sense do, and it doesn't here's what bothers me it's not that it happens it's that it will happen to me but not happen to the person next to me and the person next to mm. me has like a bigger bag mm. and i like I've, i'm like i've i have never been so angry like we had a flight two days ago or something where we didn't have a seat in front of us like it was just a wall and my bag was like like on the ground and he was like you have to move it and i was like fine but why doesn't she have to move her bag, which right. was much bigger? And he just it was like, "Oh my god!" It was so mm. freaking frustrating. Racism. I know. No. Well, I later discovered that I think it was because he was the flight attendant assigned to our oh. two seats, and there was He's another like, flight. Not attendant. my section. Yeah. Not my problem. That's what yeah. it felt like. Because then eventually a woman did 
ask her to do it and then my anger just melted away i was yeah. like that's right that's so justice. you just felt injustice uh, yeah, yeah exactly. that sense like, of injustice i don't care if that's the inequality. rule i care if the rule is and only being enforced by yeah. yeah and he could have explained that that's true yeah. he could have or he could have just told her like excuse me ma'am can you also put your bag away oh i'm so pissed i'm still so <laughs> oh boy, angry maybe we should I work through that so where can layla get therapy <laughs> and i took like all his information the flight number i was like i'm gonna email turkish airlines oh my god they're the i like their airlines yeah i know nice. it's not, it was other than that it was very nice <laughs> <laughs> um well i guess we we've we've talked enough thank you so much for speaking with us um hmm. where can people find therapy <laughs> yeah I think nope. um, that's a good question. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of, like, I don't know, I'm a little biased. Like, I'm not really crazy about a lot of <laughs> therapy locations. But, you know, I think just trying to see what's out there. Yeah, um, I mean, they could just, like, I just mean, like, a general way of, of getting I help. I think really, like, psychology, too. Oh, just, yeah, like, really I love researching, them. Yes, you know, yes. it can tell you if they take your insurance You're right. or not. You sliding You can see they have, yeah. what their experience is. You can talk to them True. over the phone before they you have, have free to consults, go there. Too. Yeah. I've so it's like, like oh, wow. So I think that's, like, all really cool. So, you know, that's a good place because I, I'm kind of, like, uh, you know, like careful to not say oh go to yeah yeah no the I center didn't of contemporary right. therapy because you might go there and not like your therapist right yeah. and then you'll be like i hate all therapy that's the other yeah. thing just because you don't click with one therapist doesn't mean that all therapy doesn't work i found yeah. that some people yeah. try one person and be like therapy doesn't work like no yeah. that'd be if you like tried one relationship and you were like relationships don't work i mean they don't maybe is right <laughs> i mean you have to find the right fit like i knew my therapist was a right fit for me when you know i said something very dark and she you know and then i laughed and she laughed with me you know yeah. what i mean like That's i was awesome. like like she got my sense she, of humor she got you know the, yeah. like and she didn't just look at me like i was crazy like oh my god you just said this awful thing and you're laughing you know mm-hmm. and so it's just like relationships but i think that also um you know i i didn't say this but i think one thing I've noticed in therapy is that people sometimes come in with like heavy secrets that they've never told anyone. And, you know, and there is there is a, like a relief of being able to trust somebody, you know, with that to finally tell them yeah. this dark, deep secret that's happened to you, you know, that maybe you feel ashamed of and being able to work through it. And like therapy is hard work. That's the other part. Like it's. I think Life people sometimes think it's just, yeah, it's not like you're just going, you know, like to chit chat, like yeah. you're going there to do some, some work and, yeah. and it takes courage. Yeah. That's lovely. Thank you so much for being here. Anytime. Thanks guys for listening and writing in. And also please, we're on Patreon now. If you don't mind throwing us a couple of bucks so we can keep bringing on guests and producing shows and we have um, footage from our live stand-up show on there. Please listen, rate, review and subscribe give us a quick five star rating on itunes it literally takes like two seconds and it really helps us or just tell a friend also about the podcast follow us at no fly list pod everywhere thank you